1: Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
2: Good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers. First of all, let me, let me testing one, two, three. All right, just want to check, make sure I was I uh, muted, unlike last week for the first two minutes. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. I'm your host, Tony Defew. Thank you, as always, for joining me. Thank you for joining me in the live chat. I'll get to you guys in a second. Uh, Before I get started, as always, I wanted to encourage you to please like our YouTube channel, Behind the Curtain. We bring you so many podcasts. I name every week. I'm not going to do the preview, uh, the Hangover, uh, uh, the Scobro Show, the Curtain Call, Touchdown Under, you name it, we have it. Please check that out on, on YouTube and Facebook, by the way. Uh, you can all, all, you can follow this show live and, 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 and those other shows. And you can also catch this show and all those other shows I just mentioned on any audio platform after the fact. You have to download those, but you can find them anywhere you can find podcasts. And we also have exclusive-only audio shows, such as The, uh, the Live Mic with Michael Beck, The Stat Geek with, with Dave Schofield, the Retro Show with with yours truly and Brian Anthony Davis. Uh, Let's Ride, the very popular show with, with Jeff Hartman. Um, am I missing anybody? I think I threw the curtain call in there already uh, with, I think, Maddie Peverall or it Mark Davidson. Anyway, they're both cool. So please check all those out. Um, check out Behind the Curtain, the website. Uh, we bring you news. We bring you film breakdown. We bring you draft coverage. We bring you commentary. And speaking of draft coverage, speaking of podcasts, just wait until next week. We are going to have so much content for you, uh, in written form and podcasting form. Just it's it's going to be covered. Brian Anthony Davis, the, the podcasting uh, manager, he's kicking butt. Jeff, Dave, Michael, Jeffrey, Kevin, Shannon, the, the the Aussies. Did I miss anybody? You guys, we're all kicking butt. We're all just so so. Uh, can i say drunk off the draft we are we're just we're just it, it, it's, it's gonna be less than a week away and we're, we're everybody's just so excited and and before i forget uh on my and mark davidson i had a great conversation with with uh marky d on on uh, monday after the mock draft at a contributors mock draft and that's a great segue into the the live chat mock draft on the hangover on monday this coming monday it's gonna be live you you guys who are in it you all know your draft order we're all excited. It was our second annual. It's going to be great, as you know. Can't 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 draft a punter for the Jaguars. It's got to be Trevor Lawrence. But other than that, you know, you're all the GMs for those teams. It's going to be great, and we're all looking forward to it. And I can't wait for Monday, but I especially can't wait for next Thursday, next and next Friday. This time, this show won't be here. We'll, we'll be talking about Steelers uh, second round pick, and then the third round pick after that. And then we'll be talking about the first round pick. We'll have a like a whole day to, to digest that by the time next Friday gets here. So we're going to have plenty of draft coverage. And I just want to welcome everybody to live chat. Uh, there's my man, T-Money, Terry, Manny Mendoza, Mark Davidson. I said hi already. Steelers, Pittsburgh. Lumberzak. Uh, and Lumberzak says, Tony, you got to say touchdown under like, like an Aussie as bad as... It is, it may be, it can't be worse than bad. Well, bad has that patent. Brian has that patent. I can't say I'm not allowed. I, I would have to pay him royalty. So I can't do that. I'll let him do that. He'll do that on uh, the next time he's on. Uh, Chad Landsman, Kathy Ford. You guys are awesome for joining me. Did I miss anybody? Bert Tavares. He says, Aloha from, from Maui. And you know what? After this, after this show, I'm going to watch Hawaii 50 Cause you know why I'm generation X. And I'm a Taurus, and I'm a creature of habit, and I'm, I'm getting old, so I have to watch Hawaii Five O on, on uh, Paramount Paramount Plus if I can plug that. It's a great, great uh, streaming channel. Matt Stuffco, Dave Shipley, Joel Anderson, man, you guys, Patricia, you guys are awesome. So as always, I have some uh, a variety of topics I wanted to hit on tonight. Starting with the draft, of course, draft talk. We have to have to dive right into that. And as the title of the, the show suggests, uh, I I find it impossible for the Steelers to be able to to have to reach this year for for a pick at, at, at 24 for a position of need. You know, and, and, and people I think people are always a little afraid of that, that they're gonna they're gonna reach, you know, if they if they're concentrating on a specific position, like in past years it was cornerback or 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 inside linebacker going into the draft or or whatever, whatever position there was there were usually one or two positions that they needed to address. And uh they 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 may have had to reach for a player. Uh this year, I mean it's I guess it's great for the draft. I don't know if it's so great for the team. I don't know if it's so great globally as Mike Tomlin would say, but there's so many positions of need. And you know the way, like I'm looking at these, these these team needs, and and I've I've been doing my own mock draft, like not simulate a mock draft. But I actually went and tried to do a, a mock draft, and and uh, you know, it, it just seemed like every time I got to 24 for the Steelers, uh, like there were there were always players there, you know, like when, when I was trying to figure out what I would do. You know, Brian gave us homework last week before the before the contributors mock draft, and I was like, what what. What can I, you know, like I was trying to figure out who would who would be there and I and I did these scenarios, right? And like there were like five or six players that were available by the time Pittsburgh was on the clock at 24. And it's like they were all positions of need. None of them were a reach, unless you know you're talking about Creed Humphrey, which I know a lot of people feel that's a need, but we, we have to be honest, he's in the mix. He's in the mix as far as the center. If you if they're going center in the first round, it's gonna be him. And that's certainly a position of need. Some might say, the top position of need. So, uh, but, but anyway, I, I was, you know, there, there, there was a cornerback or two there. There were obviously plenty of, of, of tackles. Uh, there were the inside linebackers that we all know, Zem and Collins. Uh, there were uh, obviously the, the center running backs, you know, there were running backs available. And I think that's how it's going to, that's how it's going to play out this year because I think, I think, you know, you're going to have, Lawrence, uh, Trevor Lawrence. You're going to have Zach Wilson. You're going to have Justin Fields. You're going to have Trey Lance, and 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 who am I missing? Gosh, I'm probably missing a, a big one. I, I don't even realize it. Justin, did I say Justin Fields? Mac Jones. There are going to be five quarterbacks taken uh, by the first twenty picks. I'm guessing. So that's going to you know bump so many other positions down, and and there's probably going to be great value at at least a couple positions when the Steelers are, are on the clock, maybe even three, you know, I'm, 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 I'm assuming there are going to be plenty of, of first round graded tackles there. there there's probably going to be one of the running backs, one of the three running backs, if not two, you know, um, uh, cornerback, there looks like there might be some cornerbacks available and they certainly uh, might be in the market for, for uh, one of those, uh, you know, uh, the inside linebacker, Collins is likely going to be there, so I mean, they're they're not going to have to reach this year, like they've done in the past. I think we can we can all agree. You know, I'm, I was a big Artie Burns fan. I love the guy, but Artie Burns was a, a a reach, not a major reach. You know, I'm talking about 2016 and 2016 NFL draft. If I may give it some context, they went into that draft. I think the biggest need on the board, as it was for many years in that era, the mid 2010s, was cornerback. They had a, a a whale of a time trying to. Rebuild the secondary in that uh, era. And I think they went into that draft. They had the 25th pick in 2016. They went into that draft. Uh, I think they assumed that William Jackson III from Houston would be there for them. Because I think, you know, there, were, there was a run on corners in you know, the year before, a couple of year, you know, a couple of the drafts before 2016. Um, and the Bengals had just taken uh, Darquez Denard, uh two year from Mich- michigan state two years earlier and they were drafting just in front of pittsburgh so it just didn't th- uh seem like anybody was going to take jackson in- in- until the 25th pick and they would have a chance to get him and i think he was their guy i think he was their number one guy that year you know where they were drafting of course like on in their at their position of draft i'm sure if they could have moved up and taken a jalen ramsey you can see that year uh they may have uh, they may have done so but um uh, when 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 the Bengals shocked everybody and and, and picked Jackson with the twenty fourth selection, I think they panicked. And you know, to be fair to Artie Burns, I don't think he was a major reach on paper because I remember like like kind of half kidding that maybe it's Artie Burns that they're going to pick from Miami. And you saw him mocked in at the end of the first round in many mock drafts, he was kind of in the like the like the thirties and the forties as far as like the big board, you know, depending on what big board you, you, you looked at back then. So it wasn't a huge reach. I think a lot of people like they look back on it and go, Oh my gosh, that was such a big reach, but it really wasn't. But, you know, schematically what they were looking for. And I poop, I poo it at the time. What do I know? I'm not a, a football expert, but, but they ran more zone uh, than any team in the NFL, more zone coverage than any team in the NFL at that point. And he was a, he was a, he was a cover guy. He was a man to man cover guy. That was his strength. And he was coming into a system that was going to work against his strength. And I think they were planning on going more man to man, but they certainly weren't going to, they weren't doing that right away. And, you know, over the course of his first couple years, he, he, that he really struggled in, in zone coverage. I mean, he got lost or he lost his receivers in a lot of, like they got, Loose behind him on, on so so many occasions. I remember that Kansas City game in 2017. I think it was Tariq Hill or somebody. Uh, like he was like sitting in his zone, and, and Hill was wide open behind him, and he had no idea. So, you know, it was a bad fit. It didn't work. Um, it was a reach, but it wasn't a major reach. But it certainly wasn't wasn't a, a great fit. And you know, I think you know if, if they could have done it, you know, they probably had no. In my opinion, they had no thought that they would have to uh that they would miss out on on, on william jackson the third i think they they assumed he would be there and i think they panicked a little bit so that's one occasion where they they were they went into the draft like honed in on one position and they were hoping they were assuming that somebody would be there and he wasn't there and they didn't know what to do and then if you fast forward a couple years they went into 20 the 2018 draft they they were looking for an inside linebacker you know if you remember that was unfortunately the 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 offseason after Ryan Shazier uh, sustained that that horrific back injury that career ending what turned out to be a career ending spinal injury against the Bengals in December and you know he was he was the the key to their defense back then, Shazier and they were looking for another inside linebacker in the middle of that defense and hold uh, that thought basically me not you because i'm the one thinking i have to keep make keep track dave shipley is uh asking a five dollar super chat question and i and i screwed that up as always and thank you for the donation dave and he asks how does the ravens trade with Kansas city bleep up the draft and what he means by that i don't know if you you, um if you saw this today and i wrote it down because i have trouble with these like these draft trades confuse the heck out of me on Friday, the the Ravens traded <clears throat> Orlando Brown Jr. to the Chiefs in exchange for Baltimore's. I'm sorry for the Ravens. The Chiefs' 31st pick in the first round, in addition to the third and fourth round pick for this year, in the 2020 in the fifth round for 2022. And the Chiefs get obviously Brown, and they get a, a second in 2021 and, and a, a, a sixth round pick in 2022. And Dave's asking, how does that bleep up the draft? I don't know how much it messes it up. Uh, unless the Ravens try to package the 27th and the 31st pick and move up to get somebody that maybe the Steelers are targeting. I'm looking at, at their needs. I wrote these all down prior to last week's mock draft and then the Ravens, their, their needs, at least according to the site I read, which is bleacher report edge, right tackle and uh, tight end. Now, Orlando Bloom, or I'm sorry, Orlando Bloom, he's an actor, Orlando Brown wanted to play left tackle, but the Ravens already have a a left tackle, and they have him under contract, and he wanted to be like his dad, so I guess it was never going to work there, so he's going to try to be a a left tackle in Kansas City, and and they can certainly use that, so uh, on on my sheet of Ravens needs, it says edge, right tackle, tight end, so how it could bleep up the the, the draft. If, if the Ravens stay put at 27 and, and don't try to move up past the Steelers, I don't see them uh, taking any tackle that Pittsburgh might might have its eye on. Um, so I don't think they would mess it up that way. I mean, maybe they, they land a couple of uh, great picks that Pittsburgh might be looking for in the second round. Maybe they, they land one of those with that 31st selection. Uh, maybe they land the, 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 tight end from Penn state. Maybe they, they land an edge that, that Pittsburgh might have its high on. I, I, I don't know. Um, maybe there's an extra receiver in there that, that <laughs> they love to draft drafting receivers in the second round, meaning Pittsburgh. I, I, I don't know how it could really mess it up unless uh, Baltimore moves ahead of Pittsburgh. It might, it might screw up their second round pick a little bit. I, I, I don't know, but you know, the Chiefs were in, in the market for a, a tackle at 31 before they made this trade today. So if the if the Ravens are, are if they get their receiver at 27, for example, because that's one of their needs, receiver. Um if they if they get their re- receiver at 27 and their tackle at 31, well, that's pretty much how it was going to go anyway. It would just have been the Chiefs drafting a tackle at 31. So I don't think it's going to screw things up again, unless the uh the, the Ravens move up ahead of Pittsburgh somehow. So, and um, where was I? I forget. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, the 2018 draft. And By the way, thanks again for the donation, Dave. Uh, the, the 2018 draft, and, and that was a draft that the Steelers, I think that they, went, they went in there looking for, for a, uh, the, the replacement for Ryan Chase here, and there were three uh, surefire first-round prospects at inside linebacker. Uh, Tremaine Edmonds, Terrell Edmonds, brother from Virginia tech, uh, uh, Leighton Vander Esch from Boise state. I want to say, forgive me. And Rashawn Evans from Alabama. They were the three, the three, uh, main prospects. Uh, Edmonds was obviously the, the clear cut. Number one, Vander Esch, his stock rose uh, throughout the draft process. And I think they were I think there was a lot of hope that Evans might fall to Pittsburgh. I think they were drafting what twenty eighth, twenty fourth, twenty, whatever it was. twenty eighth. yeah, twenty eighth. And they were all, all three all three wound up uh, going. And they were they, they were long gone. I think Evans was drafted twenty second right by the Ravens, I think. Either way, they were gone. they all three were gone. And I think pittsburgh they 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 had to look for an alternative. And, and that was Terrell Edmonds. And not as a linebacker, but as an all everything sort of uh n- uh nickel linebacker, dime linebacker, you know, that kind of thing, hybrid, somebody who could who was a great athlete in the middle of that defense, who could maybe pick up the slack eventually, and uh you know, that, that was left you know, they you know that was left after after Shazier's injury. And I think they um he was clearly a reach cause he wasn't supposed to go in the first round. Um, meaning Edmonds. So I think they definitely reached for him. Uh, but you know, obviously over his three year career, he's clearly not a bust. I mean, Artie Burns was a bust. There's no doubt about that, but, uh, Edmonds, he, he was a reach. He was a reach. There's no question, but he, but he, but he, but he is not, he has not, You can't categorize him as a bust. He's really turning himself into a solid player, a, a solid, strong safety and, you know, whatever else they, they ask of him in the middle of that defense, covering tight ends, he's really adept at that. Uh Micah Fitzpatrick certainly helps as a free safety. He he makes a lot of people better, like Troy uh, did at one time, Troy Polamalu. So uh but he was definitely a reach, but I don't see that happening this year with the uh, with the Steelers because they just have so many perceived needs. And when when, when their turn comes up on the clock at 24. They're going to have their pick of, of several players probably from multiple positions. So we don't have to worry about that this year. Um, So that was my first topic. And again, thank you for the uh, questions. Uh, Joseph Wilson says trade back. That's just not, I don't think I've ever seen them do that. Have they ever done that? They've traded up a few times, quite a number of times, but I've never seen them trade back. Uh, I could be wrong. Oh no, they did for Casey Hampton. They traded back uh, for him back in um, in two thousand one. And maybe hey, maybe they will this year. Uh, if you're looking for omens, my 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 cousin Quinn, who just turned twenty on Thursday, the twenty uh, second, he was born, uh, or, he, or his mom went into labor <laughs> the night of the two thousand one draft, and that's when they traded back to Casey Hampton. So maybe maybe that's going to happen again. I don't know. I don't know if it's a good or a bad omen. It all depends on how you how you look at it. Uh, you know, if they can if they can procure a uh, an extra second round pick by moving back a few spots in the first round, uh, great. Although I think it's going to be harder now when you have, when the Ravens, their division rival, has uh, two of those picks, and, and the Browns have the twenty sixth pick. It's going to be kind of hard for them to to move back in the first round. I think because nobody wants to trade within the division, uh, at least in the first round so anyway that was the first topic and The second topic which I want to talk touch on pretty quickly And this is my prediction for the draft. This is my my one surefire prediction that You know if i'm right. Well, nothing's gonna happen if i'm wrong. Nothing's gonna happen Nothing is going to happen other than maybe me talking better I know wishful thinking right but my prediction is when their time on the clock comes next Friday either either in the second or the third round, they're gonna pick a player that you and I have never heard of. Now when I say you and I, I mean the casual draft fan that has been examining you know the top 50 60 seventy names these past few months or in my case the past month or so. Uh, if you're like a hardcore uh, draft uh, fan. And it's gonna be hard to, to get any of these players past you you're gonna know you probably know 300 names you probably know like you, you, you're probably like Prince who had like thousands of of uh, unwritten songs in his head. that's probably how you are with these draft uh, prospects but like these are some of the names that i it might seem weird with some of them, but some of these names I had no or all of these names when they were first drafted back you know in previous drafts I had no idea who they were uh, when, when Pittsburgh took them uh, and I'll start with Jason World second round 2010. Marcus Gilbert second round 2011 believe it or not Le'Veon Bell second round 2013 no idea Marcus Wheaton third round 2013 no clue uh, Sean Spence I skipped over that one Sean Spence in uh I think it was the third round in 2012 Sean Davis second round 2016 Juju believe it or not I had no idea who he was in 2017 James Washington no clue Deontay Johnson, I don't think anybody knew him. I think Dave Schofield might have known him, but nobody else. And, of course, last year, Alex Highsmith, third round out of Charlotte. And I think that happens every year. I think the reason why we're all like caught off guard with these picks, these uh, second-day picks, uh, is because when you, when you look at these names, these 50, 60, 70 names that you examine – so many of them fall into the second and third round. Like these, these, you know, them, you know, these players, and, and oftentimes they, they, they fit a need that Pittsburgh might have at a certain position. And um, like you expect when it, when it, when they're, when they're there, like say one, like one of these known people that you have been researching in the past couple of months falls is, is sitting there at 55. And you're like, well, wow, they're going to take it. They're going to take that guy. I know that guy. They're going to take him. And then they wind up taking somebody that maybe you've never heard of. And I think, the reason why we we get so uh, out of um like we just get so frustrated with that and, and like we're like what, what are they doing why why are they taking that guy? It's because like our our draft board is obviously way different than theirs. There's you know like they you know they, like they they look at specific players and, and they and they and they visit specific players and and they know the the how they fit into their schemes and 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 like we might look at well look the second or the fourth best offensive tackles there why they take the uh the fifth best edge in the second round. I don't get that. You know, it's cause they, they, they just feel they're, they're more comfortable with that player. They feel like that player, uh, again, fits what they're, what, what they w- want to do as a, as a team, as a defense or as an offense. So, you know, I think that that's, a lot of that is why we, we, we get so, um, cause we, we only take it 60, 70 deep, whereas they're going like a hundred, 150, 200 deep with evaluating all these players. So. That's my one prediction for this for this uh, coming draft. Next Friday, when when Brian and, and whoever else his, his co-hosts are, after the second round pick, uh, after the third round pick, they're going to be talking about somebody that, like, why did they pick that guy? Uh, everybody's kind of shocked that they went with that guy. I don't know who that guy is. This other guy was there. I knew that guy. I, I, that's my prediction. So be – uh be alert, be, be on the lookout for that. So on that note, I, that brings to a close, uh, the first half of, of this episode of Steelers Friday night, six pack. Uh, if you're watching live on YouTube or Facebook, please don't go anywhere. I'm going to be right back. If you're listening on an audio platform, I encourage you. I beg you, please. I want you to download part two. Cause you know what I'm going to do in part two. I'm going to tell you what I think what I think of the Mike Tomlin three-year contract extension. You're not, you're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be controversial. So please, please, uh, uh, come back in two and two or five and five or whatever. I'll, I'll be right back. Anatomy of an ad
1: subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect.
0: Define an opportunity.
1: Imagine talking to millions of people across the U S like I am now.
0: Identify a problem.